Now on Netflix. Inspired by the unbelievable true story of a fake hitman comes the new movie, Hitman, from Academy Award nominee Richard Linklater. At 96% certified fresh on Rotten Tomatoes, critics are calling Hitman a smart, sexy crime thriller with surprises at every turn. Starring Glenn Powell and Adria Arjona, Hitman. Now playing on Netflix and in select theaters. Rated R. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Hey guys, and welcome to What Was Her Name? The show where I will uncover the stories of domestic abuse survivors. I'm your host, Maya Hoover. Hey guys, and welcome to What Was Her Name? My name is Maya Huber, um, and I'm here today with Caroline, Caroline Mar- I don't know why I said your name like that, Caroline Markle-Hammond um, <laughs> for our Mama Mondays, and we are so excited to be here today. I am. Thank you for having me, Maya. I appreciate it. Yeah, of course. Um, super exciting to just be on this journey with you, and I think it's Super uh, fun because this week we are actually doing something where we've been talking about what we want to do, um, which is answer your questions. Um, because Caroline and I can talk for days about all the things we want, but we want to talk about the things that are going to impact your heart and hopefully help you navigate your current situations. Um, so um, let's get started. Let's do it. Let's do it. So some of you submitted questions. Um, and I think we can start from this point. Uh, I have a question that says tips on balancing ongoing stalking, reporting, criminal proceedings, and moving on. Oh, wow. This individual has experienced ongoing stalking. And she continues to report the stalking. He actually had created an account. And for a while, I had this like one particular troll who was making my Instagram like a living hell, honestly, because of all of the mean things this person kept commenting. And I should have blocked the person, but I honestly thought it was my ex-husband. So I was like keeping all of it for proof. And then I ended up finding out and he gave himself away that it was this individual's person and ex-person. And so um, I know exactly what this person's talking about. This person is has been stalking her for years and she finds it really difficult to like live free from him, even though she's apart from him now. First of all, thank you for submitting your question. And It takes a lot of courage to talk about. So I appreciate that you trust us with this question. And I appreciate that you've sought additional insights. That's the first thing. So thank you. The second thing is you are always believed. Mm. We are creating a safe space here. You are believed and how you choose to handle this instance 
and the subsequent instances in your life is received without judgment. It's received without having to squash yourself down to dilute your message, prioritize your needs and hope that you just get something. So having said that, if we don't answer your question fully and you need additional ideas or resources, please send us more questions. Mm -hmm. We're here to ensure that we can answer to the best of our ability and offer immediate and actionable solutions. Mm -hmm. So if you were sitting across from me, what I would say is let's have some, some curious conversations about this. The first thing is do not doubt yourself. Do not, as time goes on, it's a, it's a survivor's reaction to start to downplay the experience of, well, maybe it's not that bad because no one is listening to you. So don't do that. Follow your gut. And even though it's the hardest thing in the world to keep reporting, keep reporting. Mm -hmm. And what can that sound like? because you keep going back and maybe you get the same person or maybe you don't get the the same person. Maybe you're talking to multiple people, which means you have to keep sharing your story. So let's do a two-fold look at that. The first fold would be how can you take some action that you can start to feel control? And if you have to keep reporting to the same police district, the same police person, it's a three-step process. And every time, do it every time. Mm -hmm. I'm back again. Thank you for talking with me today. I appreciate it. Something is really bothering me and making me unsafe still based on this person's actions. So that's the second step. The first step is to acknowledge you've had the conversation, to thank them for talking to you. The second step is to say, I have some really big concerns for my safety and the safety for those I've loved based on his actions. The third step is these. It, this is the current action this person is taking. So it's a three-step process. Then talk about the actions the person is taking. What you need to acknowledge is that in police officers and in districts, they have to file a report every time somebody comes in. And so they get as tired of it as you do, but they're not the ones living with the consequences of this. You are. So acknowledging that to them, say, I know that you probably have to file yet another report, but every report you file means the world to me and gives me the courage to keep coming back. So thank you. Mm -hmm. The reason we're saying thank you and to people whose job it should be to actually do this work is to acknowledge that oftentimes police officers, detectives do not get thanked. Mm -hmm. What this does is it separates you from the pack. What I'm teaching you now is the same kind of sales process I have taught for 30 years across the world to salespeople to get the results they need. And what we need right now is for you to get results. So let me review it again. You're going to thank them for talking to you yet again. You're going to say there's his actions right now are really making me feel unsafe and also fear for the safety of the people I love. Mm-hmm. Here is the action. Then the, the part that wraps it up is a sub part to number three, which is thank you so much, because I know that you have to write a report for this. Mm-hmm. And, and I know that, that that means more workload to you. Right. 
but man, does it make me feel safe when you do it? And then follow up. So you've got the third part and third part has has two additional parts. That next part is to follow up the next day, maybe the next few days and say, thank you again. I would often return to the police department and I would go to the dollar store and I would get a dollar brownie mix and a dollar, sometimes you get them two for one dollar aluminum pan and I'd make brownies and I'd write a thank you note and I'd go in and for $2, I'd say, thank you so much for writing that report and make sure you get the report number. Mm-hmm. That also holds them accountable. That's a way to engage positively. And when I teach this to people, whether it's trying to develop safety mechanisms with within custody exchanges, or it's talking with people, even a guardian ad litem, talking and having conversations is to say thank you and mm-hmm. is to follow up because you start to put your face into the realm as somebody different than what they usually come across. Because you have to also remember that they, police officers, deal with the worst of the worst people. Mm -hmm. So when they have a bright shining light come through that they can help and see an actionable difference, Mm -hmm. that's that's a really good thing. So that's the first thing that I would suggest. The second thing I would suggest is I need you to contact me via Maya with the best way there's an app I want to get you for free. So my organization is called safeinharmsway.org. We are a partner with an app that allows you to document all the abuse, whether it's stalking, whether it's domestic violence, in a way that is court admissible form. So you're going to be doing two things. You're going to have a litany of report numbers and reports from the police, but we're also going to have you document this in an app because if there's like a one-off thing that's kind of creepy that you want to document that you were at a coffee shop and boom, you turn around and he's there. If you can document those kinds of things consistently, that also starts to show a pattern. So this app, it's called Victim's Voice. Anybody can look it up, look it up. You can look up Victim's Voice app online. You can look up Victim's Voice app on YouTube. You can find out about it. You can get it through safeinharmsway.org for free. And then you can start to document the evidence in the only way that is admissible in a court of law. People think I'm going to keep a notebook. I'm going to time and date stamp it. I'm going to write all the details. And because there's not a chain of custody and command, very rarely do those notebooks get entered into evidence in the court system. Mm. So this app allows that to happen. So that's the second thing we're going to have you do. Let's, Let's pause and review. Maya, I want to make sure there's, there were three or four questions within the question. I want to make sure we've started to solve some of them. Let's review the question again. Can we? Mm -hmm. Sure. Um, So the question was, um, it was, so tips on balancing ongoing stalking, reporting criminal proceedings and moving on. Okay. So let's talk a little bit about a a two-pronged, the two-pronged tentacle of continuing to navigate it and moving on. Mm. When I was dealing with navigating the escape from the person who was intent on killing me and then submitted a 72 page document, quote unquote, love letter outlining all the ways he'd been tracking me. Hmm. I could, he, he chose to 
buy a house less than a mile away from me, screen in the back porch because he knew that's where I exercised and walked. And he admitted to screening in his back porch of his brand new house so he could sit out there and watch for me. So I tell you that to say, I get this feeling. I get what you're feeling. It's and I don't know about you. You can answer this. I'd love you can find me via Maya's Instagram too. I can feel my skin change when he's around. Mm-hmm. My body knows, and I'll be damned if I don't turn around and he's standing there. Mm-hmm. Those, those are hard to navigate. So let me tell you a couple of things that I did that I teach to other people in these situations on how to navigate it. I'm not sure if you live in an apartment complex or you live in a condo or you live in a house. I actually did the same thing at the dollar store. I went and got the brownies and I went and got aluminum pans and I wrote all my neighbor's letters. And I said, this is a really hard letter to write. Here's who I am. Here's what has happened to me. Here's a picture of this person's car. Here's a picture of what this person looks like. Hmm. I have documented evidence and I have to repeatedly go to the police station to report the continued stalking. Hmm. I'm telling you this because if you see this car or you see this person, or you even see anybody walking around here asking about where I live or what I'm doing because they need to get in touch with me because there's an emergency, that is a lie. Right. Please let me know. If you, most importantly, now this is your choice. Let's say you don't choose to do this. That's fine. This is just an idea. I also said, because this was my choice, most importantly, if you hear yelling or screaming or crying or things being knocked against a wall, call the police immediately and give them this information. Because if you feel comfortable, you have supplied them with a couple of the reports of the stalking. You've, if you have a restraining order active currently against this person, you've this is all public knowledge, so you're not defaming anybody, but you can um, give them all that information, what the person looks like, the make and model of their car, and this person's name. So when they call the police, they can say, I know that my neighbor is being actively stalked. I have that person's information. I hear yelling and screaming. I'm worried about her safety. Hmm. Now that was that when you're a survivor and you're nervous and you're scared and it's hard to use your voice because sometimes your voice is not heard. The scariest thing to do in the world is walk up to neighbors and say, here is all my bullshit. Right. If you feel comfortable in doing that, that was a game changer for me. Yeah. That was the people. And I happen to live in an apartment. I live in an apartment now. I in a condo area. Now I did the same thing. Mm. I did the same exact thing and people rise up because remember, you're going to use the same process. Something has happened to me that I am scared for my safety and I could really use your help Mm. and tell them what it is. And they got brownies and they got a note. Right. My neighbors checked in on me all the time. And that does something because a lot of times when you read stories about domestic violence and the neighbors talk about hearing something, but we're afraid to call, Mm. you've now given them permission to call. Right. You've now said, if you see something weird, if you hear something weird and something doesn't seem right, please call the police. Mm. And you've given them the tools to give the police that will exponentially 
decrease the downtime that they're going to have to know what they're walking into. Because police want to know that too. If the police know they're walking into a situation where somebody has, the stalker is going to be there, they're going to take that differently because the number one way police officers die in the line of duty is a domestic violence call. Mm. Wow. So that gives you ownership back. And, and what you can also do, I don't know how open you've been with your friends. Again, to your point, that if you feel comfortable doing this, the same thing with telling more of your friends. To the point that you feel comfortable with this at your employer, the same thing for your employer. Now, some people get worried about an employer. Again, that's your choice. I did, and I was received well. And again, it's going to be in how you position it. There's something in my family. I'm taking all the precautions, but think about it this way. Let's say you move jobs. Let's say you moved a department. Let's say the person doesn't know where, you, where you're working now, or maybe they do, and they're just going to call up because they want to be hanging out in the office and say, hey, I've got a flower delivery here for a woman named XYZ. Is she working today? Hmm. That kind of phone call is going to be processed much differently if they know what's happening to you. So it's to the extent that you feel comfortable, start to build a, a, a web of safety around yourself. The hmm. same thing if you have kids, tell their school, tell their teacher. Hmm. Do the same thing. The amount of times of trips I made to the dollar store to get $1 brownies, they got to know me by name. Hmm. And I get a pack of cards and I wrote nice notes in the cards. And I talk to people in that same way. There is something I need to talk to you about. Hmm. I'm really scared because of my safety and the safety of my pets or the safety of my kids. Here is what's happening to me, and I could really use your help. When people are asked to help, majority of the time, they step up to that plate. Yeah. So that allows you to maintain control. What my family calls it is being intentionally fearless. There is never a time that I am going to be 100% unafraid of him showing up anywhere. And that's okay. I live with that. I have friends. I went out to front, uh, lunch with a friend recently and she got teary eyed and she said, I just wish it's been eight years, Carolyn. I wish you could put this behind you. And it was, she was generally loved. She wasn't judging me. Just said, I just, I wish for you that you could. And I was like, my dear, there is never, I would be stupid to let my guard down so much that I gave 100% zero cares about whether or not this person showed up. Right. But I can intentionally live my life. I still go out and walk. I still go and, and I don't go the same route past his house, but I still go out and exercise. Hmm. I let my kids, my kids are older. They have my location on the phone. My friends have my location on the phone. I would, I would do that as well as a way. There's so many apps. There's Life360. You can even just put it, um, as a favorite in your phone, you can attach somebody as your emergency contact hmm. in your phone and share your location with them. And I do that. I do that with uh, three or four people. They always have my location. I do that with my kids. Hmm. So you can do some things that will start to keep you safe, that will start to have a good consequence that makes you aware 
but that's where the intentionality comes because you, you can't, I can never say to you, just get over it and stop being afraid, right. but you can be intentionally fearless. You can do all of these things with intention that mm -hmm. helps you have less fear. Mm -hmm. The kids and I started talking about that. Oh gosh, maybe about two months after my escape. How do we, how do we all navigate life now? And so that gives you some, some ideas and some, some things to consider. One thing that I would suggest um, when you have these reports, every single state in the United States has what's called a safe at home program. You usually have to go through a domestic, I shouldn't say usually, you have to go through a domestic violence shelter to get a referral to the safe at home program, but that's no problem. You don't have to live at a domestic violence shelter in order to even do this right now. So you could do it on Monday. You could look up the domestic violence shelters in your area, call them and say, I need to be referred to the safe at home program. Can you help me with that? You'll have to go in, you'll have to fill out some paperwork. The safe at home program removes all your information from any public online services. So if you have a car and that person wants to see where your car is registered to, your stalker, he just has to go to the state, the state website and look you up. It removes you from the state website. This is for any listener who's experienced abuse, who has a contentious divorce, who has been stalked, use your safe at home. You get a separate address that I use on everything. All your mail will run through that address. They'll open it up and send it to you. So I, if there's something that I know is not going to release my information, I use my real address. Of course, Amazon has my real address, but Amazon is not going to sell, like he can't look up on Amazon, my address. Hmm. So it's mainly for public searches, such as personal property. Let's say you buy a home. You always want to use this program before you buy a home. Hmm. There's a second thing that we do at safeandharmsway.org that I encourage people to do. You could do it now and there would be elements of safety to it. It's less than $100 a year. You use our SAFE20 discount code. That SAFE20 discount code gets you 20% off. So it comes up to be right over $100 a year. And that system called joindeleteme.com, and my, maybe we should probably put this in the show notes, um, yep. joindeleteme.com, SAFE20 discount code, around about $103 a year, you get a personal privacy concierge that every quarter removes all your information from data brokers because data brokers come and go and they sell your information. They shut down services because Wisconsin decides you can't have a business here like this anymore and they go over to Indiana. So data brokers release your information all the time. So I get a, every quarter, I get an eight page report um, that tells me where they removed my information from, how long it took them, what site still has my information, but they're actively working to eliminate it. And then they update, they, they scrub it every quarter. They're constantly scrubbing your data to remove you from the internet. So I, in, if you ever, if anybody ever has experienced violence, contentious divorces, that gets a little iffy because you have to, you can, but you know what, you use the safe at home program, you can put an address in there. You'll have an address in there. Um, you can use join, delete me. It removes you from the internet. So if you've moved recently, um, or even if you're in the same house, 
but you just want to start making sure that your information gets removed for a hundred bucks a year, it'd be great to have all your information removed from the internet. That also will help with your point of moving on. How do you move on? I'm going to address a little bit. How do you do this when you want to start to date again? How do you, do you tell your story? Do you tell everything about it? What do you do? Um, first of all, if, if you're going to start dating, and this is what I suggest to every person I speak to, regardless of whether or not they've been in a relationship that caused them sadness, worry, lies, screaming, fear, or pain, get a Google phone number. Get a Google phone number. They're free. You can pick one out in your same area code. Use that Google phone number. Once you give your phone number to somebody, they have everything about you. Everything. If you're online dating and you get and you give out your phone number, they can easily look up exactly where you live, which then also sends them to every single relative you have, where you work, everything. And it happens in less Oh, usually it takes me about a five minute search to find out everything about somebody if they've given me their phone number. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night, ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end, what will I become? Senwa Saga, Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Hmm. So a Google phone number is free. What it does is that Google phone number, you give it out. You, when they call you, it'll route directly to your own phone. And then you answer it. I would not, I would for a very long time. Now, this is just me, but this is also what I counsel other people to do. If I'm dating, there's several meetings that I take at another location, several dates before I ever have anybody pick me up at home. I also live in a secure building, so I never give out my passcode. But you just need to take your time to get to know people and, and that's okay. And, and what I want to, Maya and I talk about this and, and I'm sure we'll talk about it a lot as, as time moves forward with the Mama Mentor series is to really trust your gut, to really get into your feelings. So if you start dating and there's something about the person that you don't like, something that you can't even name find another person. Your gut's telling you something. There's so I'm on, I don't know if anybody uh, is aware that this, these sites exist across the country and it's called, um, oh my gosh, I'm going to bring fart on the name, but it's, um, it's a site where you can try to look up on my phone and talk at the same time. Are we dating the same guy? That's what it's called. Are we dating the same guy? Yeah. You, uh, they have Facebook groups all over the amount of women on there who say, you know, I'm dating this guy, but there just seems something weird about him. Oh my gosh, stop dating the guy. Mm -hmm. 
-hmm. You don't have to name it. You don't have to know it. If your body is telling you something, act on that. And this whole thing of, well, wait, it might be my triggers. It might be my, my anxiety. It might be my history. Yes, it is. And that's beautiful. (laughs) That's actually beautiful. Anytime you think that, oh my gosh, this could just be my triggers. Stop and say, thank you, body, for giving me this awareness. Because your body has stored so much information. And if it's telling you something, honor your body telling you that. Thank you, body, for giving me this trigger because I'm supposed to be paying attention this year. Mm-hmm. And that's a way that you can start to move forward. As far as the court system, that is hard. That is hard. I, I approach the court system from a, from a couple different dimensions. Not only do I work with women who have to navigate the court system, and give them tools and tricks on how to do it. But I speak in front of judges and I, and lawyers and prosecutors to tell them the dynamics that go along with, with people who've experienced stalking, sexual assault, and violence so that they understand the dynamics of what goes on. But I can't reach everybody. And if I made that full-time job, I'd still be working 22 hours a day. Mm. It's a big thing. And I wish I had tried and true things that said, this is how you navigate it. But consistently, I'll give you three things that I know to work with in court systems. And it's more related to how you can establish agency for yourself Mm -hmm. in a system and dynamic that is so fluid and uncertain. So the first thing that you can do when you have to do any court case even if you've been in that courtroom before, is go a day or two early and actually find the courtroom you're going to be in. Now, maybe you've been to this courtroom multiple times, but doing that in a way where you are not amped up allows you to notice just different things about the area. It also allows you at a time that you can pick most court cases are in the morning. So it's less busy around one to three to four in the afternoon. Go between one and four in the afternoon. And I always talk to the security at the door. Sometimes you have to go through uh, like a, you know, a wanding system. Right. And I'd say, hey, are you working tomorrow? I've got this court case that I am so afraid. I am so afraid of this man. Hmm. If you're working tomorrow, it should be great to see a friendly face. Hmm. Thank you. Because I know that while this is like over and over, this is what you do, you being here right now and knowing that there's going to be a group of you here tomorrow actually make me feel safer. Mm -hmm. So thank you for what you do. It's immense, even if you don't realize it. Right. Ask their name. And when you go the next day or the third day and you have to go back to court and you say, hey, I'm Caroline. Mike, it's great to see you again. I'm glad you're here. I'm so happy to see your face. When I did that, again, think about this. They don't get thanked Hmm. ever. I had security that walked me to my car afterwards. They'd get one of somebody floating around and it asked them to walk me to my car because they were concerned about my safety. Hmm. I once walked into court without realizing that I had put two cans of mace in my purse because, you know, just in case I couldn't get to one, they are supposed to take those cans of mace out and throw them away. 
they're like, you know, we're just going to keep it back here. We're going to, when you're done, just come back and get it. We'll give it to you. And then we're going to make sure Mike walks you to the car. Hmm. Get your lawyer to walk you to the car. Yeah. Don't leave a, don't leave a court. Now this is all if you're in person, but don't leave a court area by yourself. The other thing that you can do, and this again, it's purely to give you agency um, and, and control over the situation, whether it's on Zoom or whether it's in person, bring a heavy coat. If somebody asks, I'm always cold in big buildings. I always bring a coat or I freeze. That coat, when it's placed over your lap, allows you to ground yourself when you can ground your body to something on the earth, even if that chair is what's attached to the earth, it normalizes your nervous system. Think of it as like bringing your most comfy blanket when you're sad and you were a little girl. Mm -hmm. Bring a heavy coat, put it over your lap. To the extent of which you can bring in ice water, bring in an ice water. If you were on a Zoom, have a thing of ice water next to you. Ice water normalizes your nervous system. There's a nerve that runs from the top of your head to your toes, and it regulates everything. The way that nerve responds quickest and fastest to calm your body down is cold water. That's why cold water plunges are so hot today. Mm -hmm. Drink cold water. Third thing, you not gotta, if you are a gum chomper, I'd be careful with this one. Get a tiny piece of gum. Chewing gum and that saliva that you build up also regulates your nervous system. And it gives your brain something else to think about. So that allows you to be more present, more clear, because you're doing something that regulates your nervous system, that allows you to be calm and a little bit distracted, yet present to the situation. Hmm. If you can... Um, this is a service we're we're looking to add and expand on. I have to build up a dream about it. But if you have a friend and you're going to court or you're going to be on a Zoom for court, ask that friend what they're doing at the time of your court and ask them to send you texts, memes, funny stories. Put your your phone on vibrate and stick it in your pocket. Or if you're sitting down on Zoom or you're sitting down in a courtroom, stick it under your leg so that every time that phone goes off with the text, making sure you silent, but keep it on vibrate, you will know you're being supported and thought of. Mm -hmm. Every time I went to court, I left the court building feeling like I was Beyonce. And in fact, when I send things to people, they get a, a gold framed Beyonce for me. Mm -hmm. I walked out of there thinking I was a strong Beyonce worldwide legend. And actually I'm just a tiny little white girl from Kansas city, Missouri. Mm -hmm. So find somebody to help you through that point so that, you know, at that moment, you are surrounded by people who love you. Yeah. So those are the things that you can do. Again, we've covered a lot of it. But if we haven't met what more you needed, then send us one or two specific things so we can really dive into those. Happy to do it. I'll also clarify, these are suggestions of which you can take or which not. There is no judgment. If you choose not to do this or you choose to think, ah, I don't know, that doesn't really fit my vibe, then please 
there's no judgment if you don't come back to us again and say, can you, you got something else? Cause this, this, this one, I don't know that I can get behind. Yeah. Zero judgment, full support. And there's never a time where you have to dumb down, lessen or prioritize what you need in order to just get something. It may take us a while, but any question, any person who has a question, keep coming and bringing them to us so we can deliver solutions to you. Yeah. Yeah, guys, I'm, uh, I hope this helps. I know that, uh, it's a difficult thing to navigate and a scary thing to navigate. And so, um, I'll try to take notes of this episode and then I'll have one of, one of our writers take notes of this episode and then post them, um, to Instagram so that you guys, that way, I mean, I'm sure some of you are taking notes, but that way you kind of have like something documented as well, just with the steps, I think will be really helpful for you guys and kind of just take the load off of you as well. Um, to have to re-listen to this and sit there with your notebook. Um, well, and and I'll make the commitment too, Maya, that I'll put together something. It might not be this week because I have several classes, but I will put it together and we can upload it and tie it back and reignite it. And then that way people will have a link, they a uh, system they can download for free and get all the links to what they need. Right. Yes. Good idea. All righty, guys. Tune in on Thursday for the next episode and we will see you then. Thanks, Caroline. Thanks, Maya.